Welcome to If You've Come This Far. This is the podcast that Sean and I do where we talk uh, to, to interesting people, try to have authentic conversations about what they're doing to make life more meaningful and more impactful. Um, and on this episode, we have a fella who has been involved in men living, is a podcaster in his own right, which Sean will, will discuss. Um, Paulie Bornstein, from uh, originally from Oxford, Ohio, we discovered. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Sean, you've known Polly uh, a little longer than I have. Just a little. I mean, I met I met Polly in a in a full house meeting, and uh, I would say we we hit it off right away. Um, you know, I talk about I talk about our conversation as being raucous. It was it was just that. I mean, uh, Polly is a is a big personality, um, and as I explained about his podcast called The Recovery Cast. Um, and mentioned him in the newsletter you're like oh we need we need to interview that guy and so um so we did and you know he talks about his life which is just a really interesting story um you know what he's doing what he's doing now as a um i i will say addiction counselor in cleveland um you know his history is a as a I, I want to call it a shock jock, but I'm not really sure he was a shock jock. Was I don't, he? I don't remember how one would define a shock jock, but 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 like he is he is he was a disc jockey who was probably shocking. You know? Yeah, so. I, I, I I I just it, it's rolling off the tongue when I think about him that he would be a shock jock. Um, and, and you know what? It's probably the age. They're probably not as shock jocks anymore. I I mean, are there even disc jockeys anymore? I don't even know. Uh, I, don't even I know. so rarely turn on the radio. Yeah, right. But um, but we laughed a lot because he's funny as shit, and um, uh, and and I think like like we did with um, Joe Conrad, as we talked about man therapy. Polly is very much using humor as he looks at you know the issue of addiction and and um. You know, he talks about shit sandwiches as a way, as in a way, as a way of living life, and um, it just—it's actually quite profound. I thought. Yeah, and and folks should check out um, his podcast, which is called Recovery Cast. He does it now with a partner. He started it individually, but Michelle, um, Michelle, and yeah. um, and they interview people, mostly people in recovery. Um, but uh, but sometimes people like of the Al-Anon variety who are have a, a loved one in recovery. Um, yeah, the guy the guy has dedicated his life to this work, right? He has. He, he's yeah. doing both his day job and the podcast. He cares a lot about it. He's definitely not orthodox, right? We talked a lot about um, not he he supports twelve step, but but he doesn't believe you know that that's the only way. So right, it was really right. refreshing. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And I just, you know, as I say, I can't get me enough of Polly Bornstein. And so uh, I hope I hope everybody that listens feels the same way. Same. I think they will. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Let's do it. Oh, there we go. Now we're like a hot knife. through. Uh, yes. Yes, sir. There it is. Nice. There's it's... that mellow baritone. <laughs> Would it be a baritone? Would you be a baritone? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> good to see you guys dude nice oh, to, to see, see sean you. emerson dude sean emerson you're, you know sean you're magnetic 
Not sure if yeah. anyone's ever told you that. Yeah. I, I would you agree know, with that. You have, you have, you, <laughs> you know, you make me blush every time I see you. You're magnetic, yes. dude. Okay. Oh yeah. That's, that's what's wrong. I'm sorry. I apologize. Sometimes my earbuds are assholes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Today seems like it's one of those fucking days. I get that a lot too. It's like they decide what they want to connect to. Yes. Not always what I want them to connect to. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want the stereo sweet connection. Mm-hmm. Not the one that sounds, it sounds good to me. You guys, I'm all about Ohio today. So Paulie, I'm an Ohio boy. Uh, grew up in Springfield down the road. Oh, I know Springfield. I'm from Oxford. Oh, really? Did you go to Miami? Well, yeah. Well, I dropped out of Miami. Yes. Oh, my little brother dropped out of Miami. It's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, he was That's on the western. I'd... He was on the western campus, and he, yeah, he oh, got... dude, western campus. Yeah, yeah. What year were you? Would you have been? Uh, uh, I started there in ninety and dropped out at about ninety two point five. Yeah. Okay. So you're so wow. wait, so if you're you grew up in Oxford, I grew up in Oxford. Were your parents? Did they work at Miami or what? My happened? old man was a psych prof at Miami. Get the fuck wow. out of here! All yeah. the, the plot sickens here. Yeah, um... they had no clue how to raise kids. <laughs> And and he was an expert in adolescent psychology. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> those who can't those who can't do teach, right? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> fucking guy. That's fucking guy. Is he still around, your old man? Yes. How's your relationship with him? Uh by choice, I am uh no longer in communication with anybody from my family of origin, right? with the exception of a couple of people yeah 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 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I have excommunicated myself removed myself from the mix yeah okay yeah. is that better uh, for you oh my god yeah, yeah absolutely i don't like the way i feel when i'm around them i never really have and uh have tried over and over and over again and made it abundantly clear what my needs and wants are and they're routinely sort of not sort of they are routinely not met and so the decision was made that uh, you know i'm not going to uh mm-hmm. spend time with people like that in my life yeah. uh Polly, any idea if any of your family listens to recovery cast your podcast you know my sister might uh she might yeah yeah is she the one that you're that you have some connection with yeah i like her yeah, I have a half brother she... that I like as well. So like, there's some pockets. I got some pockets where I'll yeah. kind of stick and move. But other than that, not a fan. And honestly, y- y- you could take the dysfunction out of the whole upbringing in the family of origin. My dad is just not my kind of guy. I mean, that's the other yeah. thing. Like, just fundamentally, I'm like, I don't really dig you, dude. And you know, just not my type of dude. Oh, that's interesting. Did he stick around uh, teaching at Miami for a long time? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Long time. You know, Polly, I've, li- I've listened now to a few episodes of the show. Um, oh, thank you, by the way. You know, this, 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 uh, outstanding, by the way, folks. Listen to Recovery Cast. We'll talk more about it. But thank you. Um, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. You know, this, this, this issue of family of origin is is a complicated one. I, I In my view, I think it you know, there's a lot of pressure around um, maybe um, being with people who aren't your people. I mean, despite the fact that you have blood, you know, the same blood and you um, uh, spent 
a long, you know, at least early years with a lot of these people. Um, why, why does there have to be an obligation to stay connected to people who maybe you don't jive with? Yeah. Well, there is, isn't it? It's weird. Yeah. Even friendships, right? I mean, you're not allowed to end friendships, right? I mean, that's what society says. We're going to be friends forever. No, we're not. I mean, maybe we will, and that'd be awesome. And I like the people who I like, and I want to be around them. But that doesn't mean that the day's not going to come where I'm like, dude, you got to go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and people change, right? Yeah. But people change and grow all the time. And and yeah. and other people and the people that you're with may not. Mm. And so uh, and that could be good and bad, right? So how do you move yeah. on to yeah. you know easily? Hey Chris, hey Chris, super quick. Just gotta tell you, you look like Chris Elliott, dude. You're kind of oh my god, you're not the first <laughs> dude. I first heard that back when I was still a high schooler in Springfield, Ohio. That was my that was my yeah. uh, doppelganger. Yeah, back when he was back- like the weird guy on late night with David Letterman yeah, doing all the weird stuff. Yeah. You're kind of yeah, freaking. Like- yeah, like the man underneath the the bleachers or whatever it was. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Right. Yeah. I yeah, it, it's not the it's not the best doppelganger to have, but it's legit. It's legit. I'm not gonna argue with you. Yeah, no, you look like him. Um so it, th- this idea of of your people is interesting though. This came up uh, on a conversation it we did. had yesterday. Yeah. And um it never occurred to me that one's family might not be one's people. Um, but so, so, so Polly, I know Sean's got tons of questions for you and, and, but, oh, is but he like, really, is he all prepped up and ready to rock? Did you write no, questions, no. dude? No, he didn't write no. questions. He didn't no, write anything. On. He barely come writes. On. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, um, I'm, 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 I'm fascinated by your background in radio. And, okay, and, cool. Uh, Let's talk now, about it. Love yeah, it. Well, and now I hear that you went to Miami and, and you end up dropping out or whatever. And the, I like where, like early in life, where were you, where did you first find your people? Who were those people? Probably my first people. When I think back to my mid teens would be in the rooms of 12 step. When I first got clean and sober, that's, I I would say those would be my first people. Do you still do 12 step? I dabble. Okay. I'm based in 12 step. I no longer actively attend. Is I'm clean and sober myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's just no longer. It's not what feeds me. I'm assuming that your yeah. work and your podcast feed a lot of that. Or scratch oh, yeah. out of that itch. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. Uh, but the things that, th- that I enjoy talking about, uh, it's a wider swath than 12 step. Yeah. I got it. Got it. Uh, Right. Yeah. Which that was not an easy thing to do to extract myself from 12 step. Cause the story is, Oh my God, you're going to have a needle in your neck. If you stop going to meetings. Yeah. Uh And I was like, I'm not going to have a needle in my neck. I got, I have people. I got my supports. I got my people. I got different groups. I got a men's group. Right. I got a, a couple other groups. So I would say that I'm based in 12 step, some of the principles for sure, but some of the ideology, I can't stand in 12 step, quite frankly. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I've heard that from, so Matthew quick talks about that, Chris, in our interview yeah. with Matthew um, yeah. and Mark McLeish, who's a guy who's been sober for 41 years is actually, he gets kind of aggravated about it. 
Um, he, yeah. he, he actually recently went back to celebrate his 41st year to a uh, AA meeting and just talked about the fact that, you know, you can find your own, I mean, in, from his perspective, you can find your own path. I mean, I think it helped him when he first went, yeah, but then, sure. then ultimately to your point about some of the ideology, he just doesn't, doesn't subscribe to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can, can we, can we get into this radio thing real quick, Sean? Well, like, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Like, like how, do, how do you, how do you, so what, first of all, what was that station down in Cincinnati, that rock station that was so good? EBN. I used to work EBN, there too. Yes. WEBN. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's what's called a heritage AOR. So it's an album rock station. Most large yes. towns have one. So it, it was the loop in Chicago. For the time that the loop was there before they blew it up and made it contemporary Christian, which was shortly after I left. So I guess I view that as a win. I like completely flushed the radio station. I was like, I like I have flushed it. And then man cow, he came in and did the final flush, I guess. And then they just sort of uh, closed up shop. So every town sort of has that station heritage yeah. radio station first day, right. You know, man, they play pink Floyd for the first time or Zeppelin or what have you. And right. Kind of been doing it for a long time. Now it's, you know, a, uh, it's a classic rock format, generally speaking. Yeah. Is that what, uh, what sparked a, a love of assuming you have a love of radio? Is that what the love of-, of radio was not from a rock station. It was from a top 40 station that I grew up listening to. You probably know it. Q102 dude. Yeah, sure. Did you sure guys do. get Q102 Cincinnati's number one hit music station? <laughs> I grew up listening to, for that. Yeah. He was waiting for that. I grew up listening to Q102 when there was a guy on there at night who was crazy. And I was a little kid and I was fascinated by it. What's going on in there? What's he doing? He's he's going nuts. He's talking crazy and he's 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 like a He's like a bad man. I was like, I was drawn to it like a moth to a freaking flame, dude. I yeah, loved yeah. it. I loved the antics. So I fell in love with the medium early. I fell asleep with a radio next to my head in the 70s, yeah. which could explain some other things <laughs> neurologically, <laughs> I suppose. So so when you left Miami, did you set out on that path? Or Yeah, that's actually why I dropped out because I had a job in the field. So I was actively mm-hmm. attending classes with a professor saying, you need to know this, 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 and this to work in the field. And I'm like, no, you don't. So why am mm-hmm. I, why am I cracking these books? I already had my job. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, what's interesting. I still regret that. I still regret that. That sort of haunts me. Yeah. yeah. Not having a bachelor's degree is, uh, is well, I think the word would be shame. I said, I still think mm-hmm. I like, I carry like some shame, like a veil of, you know well and you're and you're the to... you're the son of 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 a phd right? oh so yeah i'm sure that he helped with the, in the shame department right uh, you know once i sort of found this gift and this niche he sort of backed off he okay. actually did okay with that yeah okay yeah because you so, knew i loved so I'm, so I'm, so yeah so i'm curious i mean given I mean, I was just having this conversation the other day regarding the you know edu- higher educational system, our university and colleges system, and the money that's associated with going to college and the return on that investment, and and what and so I'm I'm curious, would you make the same decision today? Well, I mean, even though you said you know there's shame associated with with making you know with dropping out and making that that decision. Would you do it again? It depends. In a vacuum? 
not yeah. affecting anything else past that moment in my life, it, I yes. would have stayed in school. Okay. But, and this is where I quote one country song. It's the only country song I will ever quote. It's a song from Rascal Flats. And the quote is, God bless the broken road that led me straight mm -hmm. to you. I would not have had the rich life that I have, the ups, the downs, yeah. the trials, the tribulations, the joy, the sorrow, had everything not happened. So I look back at all of it as it's all rich for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a rich experience. Like, yeah, dude, I dropped out. Uh-huh. Yeah. And th that had to happen for, you know, A, B and C to happen. So it's, it's a mixed bag. And I think mm -hmm. the ability to be present in that is really a gift. It's a mixed bag. Yeah. Dude, it just is what it is. Well, it's, it's, it's thank God. And man, I feel some shame at the same time. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, we, Chris referenced the fact that we did an interview yesterday with Jason Frischman. And he likes, he's a, a cook I mean, he's a therapist, but he likes to cook. And what I told Chris was before we got on is that you have a specialty in shit sandwiches that, uh, <laughs> that you bring up, you bring up on the show. That's right. The shit and, sandwich. And, and, and what I think is beautiful about how you talk about it is you got to love, I mean, this is part of your life. This is part of life. You got to, yeah. you know, devour the sandwich and love it. And, and, um, Grin you wanna, while you're woofing down your do you shit wanna, sandwich. Do you want to talk? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. A a guy came up to me at the gym about a month ago, never said one word to me, works there, walks up to me, you know, uh, says, you know, gives me the tap. I take my my AirPods out and I'm frustrated because I hate going to the gym anyway. I mean, I love the way it makes me feel. I get a great buzz from it, but you know, I'm not a gym guy. So I'm like, what? Dude, I'm <laughs> hating my life right now. Please don't interrupt. <laughs> and he asked me what my secret was. And I'm like, what do you mean? What's my secret? He's like, he's like, you are without a doubt the happiest guy in here mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at him and I thought, I don't think of myself as happy at all. Like at all. I don't, I've never really thought of myself as a happy person. And then I left and I just kept thinking like over and over, what a weird thing to say. Like I'm happy. And then I thought, happiness has not even really been my goal, right? My goal is to be present with whatever is. It's a very sort of Zen type thing, like the shit sandwich, yeah. dude. Like, can I enjoy yeah. the shit sandwich without trying yeah. to numb myself? And right. don't get me wrong. I still do a lot of numbing, dude. I mean, food, I mean, we're talking about shit sandwiches, but I can catch myself in the kitchen <laughs> engaging in some really weird behavior. People are like, dude, you're standing in front of the cupboard. The answer isn't there. And I'm like, yes, it is. I'll find it. I'll keep digging in here and I'll find it. So, yeah, I really appreciate, you know, joy feels good to me, but so does sweet sorrow. Like it, it, it feels good to me. So mm -hmm. it was I don't know. I was just sort of floored by what he said. And so I eventually answered him a couple of weeks after the fact. And I realized I'm going to sound like a, I don't know, it's going to come across like an ego thing. Like, would you like to know the secret? You know what yeah, I mean? Because right. he asked me what my secret was. And so how do I, how do I bridge that conversation? You know, but, but would you like to tell you why I'm so awesome? <laughs> but, but, but 
you know, he said, yeah. And I said, I happiness is not my goal. My goal is to be present in what is and feel it as fully as possible. Mm -hmm. It's that Rocky road that, that rascal yeah. flats. Things rascal about, right? flats. Like, those yeah. Freaking rascal flats. Yeah. Yeah. You could try to bypass that fucking Rocky road, but, or you, you could can't. just, yeah. Right. You got to take the good with the bad to have your life be rich and full. I mean, that's just part of the deal, right? Yeah. This episode of If You've Come This Far is being brought to you by our friends at Half Acre Beer Company, makers of Daisy Cutter Pale Ale and many other fine ales and lagers. Visit them at their brewery located at 2050 West Balmoral Avenue in Chicago's Bowmanville neighborhood. Now back to the show. So, so, so. So Recovery Cast has been around for how long? Give Two us some, give us a little background on on how that got started and uh, who like I know you have a partner in that I have a partner podcast. now. I have a yeah. partner now. I started off I didn't have a partner. Uh, it just you know was it's a passion project, something I care about. It definitely mm -hmm. has changed as I have changed. Right now, uh, I would say that the 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 goal of it uh is obviously to have genuine authentic conversations with people in recovery but uh not but and to showcase the different paths uh -huh. i feel very strongly about not cramming aa down someone's throat sure i think it's a travesty mm -hmm. to only present people with a drug and alcohol problem one path mm -hmm. i think yeah. it's obnoxious quite frankly yeah. It really bothers me. Like when you talked about the guy, you know, who, who can get pissed, I can get pissed about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I think it's destructive. You and mine would really have a nice conversation. Yeah. Oh, we would go off, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so we try and get guests that come from all walks, all styles, 12 step, you know, smart recovery, CBT. Some people don't do any sure. sort of mutual aid, medication assisted treatment. However you get better. Uh, that's what I think is really important, presenting people with options and also presenting people with what recovery is as well. Uh, someone has 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 coined this thing called the abstinence uh, agenda. And while I do believe that when you're dealing with a drug and alcohol problem, abstinence more often than not is the ideal state. I will say that I agree with that. Some people don't need to do that. Uh -huh. Some mm -hmm. people can put down methamphetamine and hit the weed pen and that's what their recovery mm -hmm. is and their life improves. And so if at the end of the day, the goal is to improve the quality of your life, I'm in that business. Uh -huh, right. However that yeah. looks. Yeah. And it's just something that's super important to me. Now I don't dabble. I don't dabble, which is sucks. Cause you know, the legal reefer and the weed right. pens and the blueberry buds, bro. And the sour diesel nugs and going to the dispensary. And I'm like, are you kidding? It's a great big cosmic cluster F that I'm clean and sober and I'm abstinent. And like, I could go to get some like sour diesel nugs or, or like, you know, edibles and wax and dabs. And I'm like, shit. So is is the is the podcast an extension of the work that you do every day? I mean, is is uh, it a complement to it? Do you look well, at it that way? It's different because the organization that I currently work for is firmly ensconced in twelve step. Oh, that's so, right. Right. Uh, and again, I like twelve step. I just don't like that being the only thing you're offering. 
I think for right. some people it's fantastic. Uh, but I think the times they are a changing. And I think, especially with people who are younger, they're not having it. They're not yeah. having it. And at the end of the day, we need to start by saving their freaking life. So let's okay. start by saving their life. So let's, however that looks. Yeah. And bringing them into a room and jamming a higher power down their throat and saying it's whatever higher power they want, but then using he and him and closing right. a meeting. So right. like in Ohio, they will close a meeting of AA with the Lord's prayer. So, so, oh, so wow. how can you tell me that in one respect, it's a higher power of your choosing, but you're closing with the Lord's prayer. Now in Chicago, we didn't do that. At least they said the serenity prayer when they closed. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, stuff like that. I just think that uh, we need to give people options. Paul, you and I have known each other for going on 25 minutes. Yes. Um, uh can you can you give us can you give us a little bit of your story like like what uh and first of all you tell me if i'm out of bounds asking i suspect i'm not given that you talk about this on a podcast but like can you tell us a little bit about oh, absolutely your path yeah so uh i would say that i do believe that regardless of the adverse childhood experiences i had i am just wired to be an addict and I'm going to use that language just because it's language everyone understands, stigmatizing or not. I'm just why, like more is better, more of everything, more Boston cream pie is better than less. You know what I mean? <laughs> more pornography yes. is better than less, you know, more, right. You know, more is better. So uh, that being said, I was raised in a super dysfunctional home, a uh, victim of uh, sexual abuse from ages seven to 11, and then covertly in the same home from ages about 11 to about uh, 15. Uh, and I think those experiences set me up to seek an answer outside of myself. And those answers were magic. You know, drugs work and they make sense at the time. So the first drinks I stole were amazing. The first pot I smoked was amazing. The first pills I smoked. So anyway, I got into trouble as a kid. I got sent to rehab. You'll find this amazing, Chris, in Athens, Ohio. That's uh -huh. hilarious. You'll find that funny because no one goes to Athens to stop smoking. Weed. No, no. Who <laughs> <laughs> goes to Athens to smoke weed? But that was the first time I went to rehab. And I put together some time and I was clean and sober and things improved. I started to get into trouble as a kid. Uh, and then I turned 21. And I was working in the... Uh, in the business, the radio business, where everything was sort of accepted. And I picked up again and was sort of, you know, off to the races. And then, you know, it's a it's a typical story, you know, alcohol, smoking pot, hallucinogens, pills, and then eventually heroin. So and then I eventually got clean in uh, 2007. Were you, were you in those early days, were you still single? Were you, did you have any, were you in any relationship where you felt sort of like you owed somebody else anything? Or were you just thinking about Polly? I think I'm always thinking about Polly, dude. I, mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, to a certain extent, yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, but that being said, uh, even when I was in, I had one powerful relationship my first major love that i sort of credit to 
keeping me out of the out of the bell tower. I mean, seriously, right? Like, like there's just certain people who gave me enough at the time to sort of keep me from the really, really awful stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was from age 17 to about 20, 21. And I love that woman dearly. And she loved me totally helped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I picked up drugs and alcohol, she wasn't having it. So she had to go, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, I chose drugs and alcohol over her, uh, but a great woman. Just fantastic lady, really yeah. helped me. Gave me a lot of just love and and uh, uh, you know, probably the first, not the first, but the second person who really saw me for who I am. Like mm. at the end of the day, I was like, "You get me, I get you, we get each other. I like you. Let's hang out, meet ravioli, watch TV. Yeah, right. We right. We would sit at home, we'd cook, we would watch Ally McBeal. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, it was nice." Yeah, I, I just got to ask, Polly, is it the first time you've admitted to being addicted to Ali Beal on on, uh, <laughs> on a podcast? Well, that particular show, but I am notorious for watching quote chick TV end quote. <laughs> Love is blind. We don't have to gender Hunt. TV. We don't yeah. have to gender it. Yeah. It feels <laughs> right. It feels, it feels right. right. I love Watch that it. stuff. I love it. Yeah. 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 I'm not judging. Yeah. Go ahead, Sean. Sorry. I don't I feel like you so, are. By the way. Good. So what pulled you? So what what pulled you out of kind of that serene existence? Did any did was there any event that where you said I'm going? You know I'm going back and start using again. And I turned twenty one, and I thought, and I thought, yeah, I can handle it. Yeah. The story I told myself was I didn't have stuff to lose, so that's why things were out of control. Now I have things in my life I like, so I'll be able to you know manage it and i did for a while yeah. for sure it was a bit of a slow burn at first as i'm sure you guys uh have heard maybe you have experience with uh, as well i don't know you guys dabbled mm -hmm. i know chris did mm -hmm. chris probably smoked <laughs> a big fat one right before we hopped on here <laughs> <laughs> right, you stoned right now dude <laughs> I, dro I dropped my eighth grader off at the catholic school burned one on the way over and then... <laughs> yeah. well it's funny um I started out by talking about, you know, this Ohio connection, because uh, what I was doing on the way from FXW, Francis Xavier Ward, uh, to my office was listening to this book on tape by this guy, Thomas Ensel, who is the head of the National Institute for Mental Health. The book is called Healing. It's really good. Yeah. And the last thing I heard before I turned off the card and ran up to my office was his uh, talking about how mental health um disorders of all sorts metastasize into other things. Yeah, right? for sure. And yeah. and I feel like we're here and you described that a little bit. We've all been there before, right? Um, you know, look, there is a quote unquote medicine that can help me relieve this pain. Mm -hmm. And then it presents another pain and or another issue. So yeah. Um and so that and 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 the other thing we talk a lot about on the show, because so many of our episodes are about mental health, we talk about and I'm a big fan of this notion of peer support, which again is almost what men living is about too. It's like, you, you find know, your people, dude, you yeah. find your people and, yeah. and you, and you get that connection and you realize that um, you're not, you're not the only one who's ever gone through this shit. Right. Yeah. So um, that leads me to my question about who listens to uh, recovery cast, as far as you know. Well, uh, we got one guy in the Czech Republic who's downloading every episode. <laughs> uh, we got a couple people in Switzerland that are down. 
it seems to be people who want to hear authentic, genuine conversations about drug and alcohol problems, who are open to hearing about multiple recovery uh, paths and aren't intimidated by them. Uh, I would say that people in recovery uh, specifically, and I'm going to kind of bash the 12 step folks here again, I don't mean to, but Hey, if the shoe fits, if you're 12 step, you definitely have an idea that your way is the right way. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. for instance, we had a, uh, a woman on the pod who claims time in recovery was addicted to crystal meth and heroin who claims she's clean and sober who will go to a football game and drink every now and then. Now I'm okay with that. Right. Cause that's not mm-hmm. my program, mm-hmm. but a lot of 12 steppers would, well, that's, that's not, that's no, 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 you're not. And so if that's the way you're wired, this is not the podcast for you because right. I don't believe right. that to be true. I'm like, you know what, man, if your life is better and you want to claim time and you like to drink a couple of beers and it, you know, stays at that, or it doesn't become unmanageable. I count that as recovery. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know. I would, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, you're talking about the people that are, that are, uh, you know, listen to the show, yeah. Chris, you know, I, I have this um, perspective kind of like the guy from the gym where, where you have this joy about you. Okay. And in listening to the show, we, we, t- we interviewed Joe Conrad, who, who will, who will be, who started, um, the public service program called man therapy. And it takes a very, uh, it uses humor to talk about men's mental health. And um, you take a very, I'm going to call joyful, humorous aspect to recovery, to addiction. And I, dude, I was laughing. I was laughing about the guy with the cats the what two episodes ago. I mean, and you're like, dude, don't tell me you have more than one. (laughs) <laughs> he's got like Paul, he was like cats. don't tell me don't tell me you have more than one cat don't go and he's and he's like he's got 18 animals in his house Polly was like aghast he's like yeah. you gotta be shitting me you yeah. got bigger problems than, than addiction <laughs> when you would you have more than one cat and i'm like oh Polly, i can't couldn't agree more yeah. um so so it's that is is that is that part of uh is that approach to it um, your perspective that, Hey, it's life. I mean, it's shit sandwiches. You got to eat them and and yeah. let's just look at it. And, and yes, it's serious, but it's life. I mean, is yeah. that kind of how you're approaching it? Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so when I speak, uh, at the hospital, I work, uh, humor is always a part of it. Yeah. But then also, also, right. You got to shift gears. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this you're in this space. People yeah. who present, who can shift gears and tell a story are super effective. Mm-hmm. And I was touched by these men when I got clean and sober. People in the rooms of recovery who could tell a story. Storytelling, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As old yeah. as time, yeah. right? As yeah. old as time. And I would walk out of this room going, I-, I can, wow, I believe I can stop using drugs. And when I walked in the door, I was like, hey, homie, I am never, because I don't know about you guys, but I like to get high a lot. <laughs> You know, pick it, pack it, fire it up, come along, take a hit from the bong, inhale, exhale, got an ounce in the mail. Like, I loved drugs, and I did certainly didn't think I could stop. And as a matter of fact, when I went to treatment, it's because my wife 
essentially forced me to. And uh, I went. And when I got clean, I said, okay, if you can send me to a rehab center that'll put me on drugs to get me off of drugs, I'll go. Uh Because I knew that was the only thing that was going to work. And that's the type of program I went into, a maintenance program. Uh, And it was super helpful. So when I present, it really is about the full spectrum of human emotion it's like you gotta make them laugh you gotta make them cry you gotta take them on a ride and at the end of the day my hope is that they leave it going okay moving the needle just a bit because an incremental change for someone who's an active addiction an incremental shift in perception is life-changing for Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. at least for me but i would say for most people to even move just a little closer towards the reality that I, wow, I think I can be done with this or I can do much less of it Yeah, and start to get my life back is a really big deal. So yeah, yeah I use humor a lot. Now I got to mm-hmm. watch that though too, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, my shadow wants to use humor to, right? I got to deflect, but yeah, it's also yeah. a gift. Yeah. I think it's part yeah. of the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. Wouldn't, don't we all don't we all that's a horrible question Um, (laughs) it's not a question really Um, but like this notion of maintenance program isn't that everything i mean because there's no end game in anything we do recovery doesn't have an end game uh no mental health no relationship as an end game we don't ever master any of this bullshit well for abstinence people, the end game is complete abstinence from all euphoria producing substances. And so the way they define recovery, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I, I think this serves a lot of people is I'm in recovery when I'm not using euphoria producing substances, maintenance programs, specifically taking like a, an opioid to come off of opioids, methadone, something like that is often frowned upon by people in recovery their yeah. logic being you're taking the offending substance to get off the offending substance and and like i get that uh but what i can also tell you is that that drug made my life better mm-hmm. you know but but even abstinence is something you have to continue to work at right oh absolutely you're never done i need to plug my plugged in dude i'm i can still make poor decisions man i thought i was plugged in i just got the t minus seven percent dude you took 15 minutes to get your sound perfect and your and your computer isn't plugged in yeah we're good though we're good i know well i, well, I mean that's how i roll right. just living on, on the edge yeah, yeah. see the, right. the pants right. see the pants so we didn't talk about so it, it, people from chicagoland area who are listening to this will will know the loop i mean there's not oh, there's, for I, sure. I, I can't yeah and and it's funny when i moved when i moved to chicago uh in the late eight mid to late 80s um I think uh, Brandmeier was Jonathan running, Brandmeier. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Brandmeier was the king of of Chicago radio. Uh, I think Dahl and Meyer were were still there. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Matthews soon after. Um, were any of those guys still around when you when you showed up at the? And then how did you make your way to Chicago? No, when I. They had all moved on. I feel like Brandmeier always was on the radio somewhere there. Yeah. Right. Still yeah, might think- be. I mean, I'm out of to, business I think now, he went so. to LA for a long time yeah. and then came back, I believe. Uh, I think 
Gary Meyer was on GN, WGNAM. GN by then, uh, yeah, yeah. I think for a while, so he was still in town. Uh, no, it was very simple. The way I got that job was uh, that uh, the parent company was uh, bought by another organization, and I decided that I wanted to work at the loop in Chicago because mm. I certainly didn't want to go down in market size. And I'd slayed a lot of big dragons. And I was like, dude, the loop and it's yeah. Midwest and I'm a Midwest kind of corn fed dude. So I was like, I want to go to Chicago. It's freaking great. Right. And, uh, I <laughs> relentlessly emailed a joke and a punchline every day for like months to the president of the company <laughs> really and i said reasons why you should hire me at the loop number six on the sixth day and i would i would find a story in the news i would write i'd i'd do it and then i'd write a punchline for it and it was inter hold on a minute that's some i don't these freaking phones how many phones do you have how about One. you? How many phones do you have? Like Larry David and shrimp. How many phones do you have? <laughs> I got like four or five phones. Yeah. Hold on. How many phones do you? Okay. Uh, you're, e you're emailing them every day. I'm emailing them every day and I'm really not getting anything back. And it's been very, very interesting. There have been a couple things in my life where I've just known to stay the course with nothing <laughs> indicating that it's good, that it's a good decision, but I've just known. Yeah. There's been like three things, and this was one of them. And I just was like, you know what? He's not telling me to stop. Right. So I just kept doing it. And then eventually the call came, said, hey, why don't you come have lunch with us? And I hopped in the car, and I was like, to Chicago we go. Wow. Very cool. Hey, how, long, was, how long did it take you from I, the first email to lunch? Four months, maybe? Jeez. Okay. Yeah. It took Love a it. long time. Uh, it, it's so funny. And I was our, on unemployment. So, yeah. hey. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and I was looking for a job. I mean, they counted as job searches, too. So, I mean, that yeah. was a bonus. I mean, so, you said look, I was, I was so, also trying to find other jobs elsewhere. Yeah, like, I wasn't yeah. putting all my eggs in the loop basket. You said but, there were three things you have been persistent about. Yeah. Do you recall what the other two are? The other, well, so the main one that comes to mind was when I got clean and sober and I tried to uh, make amends to my oldest daughter. And there's an episode on Recovery Cast where we had her as a guest. Okay. And I pursued her relentlessly with no response for years the same kind of thing not every day because that'd be kind of psychologically abusive <laughs> to start to like text a woman every day who's not responding to you like you can't do that no yeah yeah we have handcuffs for that now <laughs> even though she was my daughter i was, I was like, gonna I gotta say, give her some space yeah, i gotta right. give her some space yeah uh but just i would call i would text i wouldn't hear anything back and i just was like keep at it mm. just keep at it mm. And years later, that tree started to bear fruit. Mm. And she told me, she was like, that was one of the reasons you didn't give up. And when she told me that, that was like an arrow through my heart, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Whew. How's your, how's your relationship now? It's amazing. Awesome. We That's talk great. almost every day. Yeah. yeah. How, how old is she? 26. Wow. 
Yeah. That, uh, the fact that you brought her onto the show leads me to a question I've been wanting to ask yeah. you, which is, are your guests always, and I apologize for not knowing this, are your guests always people in recovery or are, are they sometimes sort of like Al-Anon, um, you know, family members of, of generally people? people in recovery. However, I would say you're in recovery if you are the spouse or if you've got those other issues and mental health as well. It just ends up being people with drug and alcohol problems because that's kind of who I know and the uh -huh. people who I tend to reach out to. Uh, but it can be anyone, really, some sort of issue. Man, you, dude, you, you got to have issues to come to this party. So the question <laughs> is, you guys are coming on when? Was yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> oh, no joke. Hello. Hello, I mean, hello, hello, Carl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, yeah. if I know what Elanon is, I, 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 I qualify, right? Yes, like, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we we should do that. I would get love some, to have you get some stories. Well, I mean, yeah. Sean Emerson is super magnetic. Can I praise you some more, dude? He's so magnetic. Can I just actually yeah. give you guys props seriously? And when I say you guys, I think I say men living. So I know about men living because I know Eric Treese from another organization. Mm -hmm. And uh, Treese was on a, uh, a weekend that I went on that changed my life forever. One of the most important things I've ever done in my life. And I was like, who is this freaking lunatic? Mm -hmm. Like this guy's off the hook. He's like wrestling dudes and fighting people, but he's like reeks of love. I'd never seen a man like this. Who mm -hmm. is this? Mm, yes. Who is this Eric trees? I've never seen. <laughs> and so I get some emails from him about men living. I was like, you know what, dude, I'm going to check one of these out. And I hopped on the, uh, uh, what's the meeting during the day. They have a name. Full I'm sorry, house. Yeah, yeah. Full, full house. house. Yeah. And, uh, I think I hopped on one with you, mm -hmm. uh, maybe two. And I hopped on, I think a couple others. And I was amazed at the container that was made that contained men who obviously have done a lot of men's work and then other men who haven't done any of it. Mm -hmm. I, that really surprised me, uh, without a whole lot of, uh, uh, a whole lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for a uh, whole lot of pomp in the beginning yeah. in the ceremony not a yeah. whole lot of rounds or anything to sort of build that sort of space just the guy like you hopping on being you creating the space I was rather impressed obviously because I came back yeah yeah, yeah. thank you and I will continue to come back. It's just, I've been very busy. Yeah. I want you to know that I don't hate you. I just have been very, you probably don't even care, but. No. Yeah. I, I, once I get me a taste of Polly, I think you said this on one of your shows. Once I get me a taste, I want more. Yeah, so thank you. we're going to, yeah, we're going to be, do, we're going to be doing that. Right. Good. Yeah. Well, I yeah. feel that way about you for sure. And yeah. maybe Chris, I can't decide. Well, he's, just he's fine. He he's like fine. Elliot. Just so he's, you know, Polly. He's Okay. I was the one who insisted you that we get he you did. on the show. So. It was his idea. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, here's the brains behind this podcast, wait, right? Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It's, it's a team effort. I had him in the email every week. And then you're like, hey, this cat might be good for us to talk to. I'm like, thank yep. you. Polly, I got to hear a little bit about before. I, I, does, do you have a hard stop? Does anyone have a hard I stop? I have a hard stop at about 1140. Okay. So, um, 
let's let's keep going a little bit longer if you're yeah. good, Sean. Yeah, yeah. giddy up. Uh, um, I, I would love to hear about your work at the hospital. Got it. So I am the alumni coordinator uh, for Glen Bay Hospital, which is a Cleveland Clinic affiliate. Uh, been treating drug and alcohol problems for now 41 years, probably. Uh, main hospital, 180 something beds, and then uh, six outpatient centers in Northeast Ohio, Western PA. Dual diagnosis, which means we can handle people with uh, psych issues uh, as well. Uh, I was brought in in 2015 to build the alumni program, which was great because I like people once they're doing well. I don't do well with people who are resistant to change. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. I find them to be very frustrating, probably because I see myself in all of them. I see things about myself that I don't like in them, but but uh, I find that work to be really uh, exhausting. So hats off to the all the therapists and the counselors who help people in that stage of change, because uh, I don't know how you do it without ripping their heads off. I mean, God bless you. It's just, you know, we are hard some, not, yeah, we're just not nice people i mean yeah. we're just assholes until we get better there's no other way to say it they're just like no we lie and we connive and mm. it's just like oh my god you're driving me nuts dude get out of my face with that so so i help people once they uh, are improving and uh really uh if i were to take a look back at the years i've been at glen bay what i would say is the greatest joy uh, from the eight years I've been there so far would be uh, when the pandemic hit and my boss at the time said, this is bad for our people because meetings of all sorts are closed. We need you to build a robust meeting schedule, host it and do the whole thing. And it was life changing for me as well as hundreds of people. Our attendance mm. was phenomenal thousands of attendees over those years thousands and thousands and uh that's probably the, well not not probably that has been my fondest moment without mm. a doubt mm. you were running a virtual meetings through yeah virtual meetings yeah how, how and how did how did you structure those things yeah well, at first we were just like, what is this Zoom thing like everyone else? And I was like, yeah. the Zoom thing. And of course, we didn't know how to set the parameters for the room. So, of course, all the 13-year-old boys that were at home from school said, watch this. Uh-huh, right. And they were just mm. flashing rogue penises. So, for the first couple of weeks, it was the rogue <laughs> penis recovery show. It was like traumatizing. We didn't know how to set the room up. And there was no time to even learn. I mean, I was given a directive of make it happen and make it happen now yeah so honestly mm -hmm. it was about a meeting every day uh and then uh we took advantage of you know like the whole pet thing like if you recall when zoom first started you'd be like hey look you're that look at mm -hmm. you with your dog isn't it cool that i'm at home with my dog and you're at home with your dog and <laughs> freaking Sean's at home with his cat. Isn't that cool? And, <laughs> you know, we can. And, and so we Easy. would, we, we would do meetings that had to do with pets, right. Where we would all show up with our pets. And then we did yoga meetings online and tried to work in some physical activity. So the goal was to build them around the clock 
both at night, middays, and in the morning, and then rotate that schedule. And I was the sole host in the beginning for about the first year, which Holy ended cow. up being like a real gift for me. It was super exhausting. Yeah. I mean, you guys know this can, yeah. this can really suck the life clean out of you. You don't think it does, but when you're trying to interact with someone and you know, the nonverbal cues, right. You mm -hmm. really got to try and pay attention to over a virtual platform can be super exhausting. So that was hands down the greatest gift so far working. So were you, so were you running the kind of meeting you wanted to, or was it, or were there, was it 12 step undertones or foundational to 12 those meetings step too? based for sure, yeah. which <laughs> I'm okay with, because I think in the, beginning since we are a 12-step organization i understand the lay of that land and that road yeah so it it was fine and i really just had interest in keeping people alive yeah, i mean really yeah, the name of the game yeah. was don't don't go out and die uh, yeah. because that was a really weird time and i can't imagine what it would be like to get clean and sober when that whole thing was happening yeah, because it was insane. I think. It, well, I mean, it was insane for all of us, right? Well, yeah. I mean, one of the things, Chris, that Polly and I talked about in our first conversation was, you know, being at Glen Bay, and you know, I don't. Polly doesn't strike me as quiet guy, and Glen Bay being very structured around twelve step, but being a an affiliate of Cleveland Clinic, which arguably is one of the most innovative medical yeah. institutions in the world. And and not in, not not looking at Glen Bay and incorporating some of the that uh, I want to say variability or or innovation. Let's say mutual aid. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. specifically uh, the different mutual aid paths. Yeah. So do you see do you see potential evolution? I mean, given given that what you did for yeah. thousands of people that was considered very successful. Yeah. Do you see more of that coming? Uh yeah, and I think it's. It, it simply is going to have to happen. I think as people age up and out of life, I mean, younger people, yeah. they're just not having it, yeah. you know? Yeah. The you percentages of people who identify as atheist, agnostic is only growing. Yeah. And I think you've got to offer them different choices. Yeah. And uh, my challenge is speaking up, but being careful about it. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? It's kind of like, sure. kind of got to go, Hey, look, we might want to, and I've made, you know, some, some, uh, uh, some headway there. I mean, we have a smart recovery meeting that is sponsored by Glenn Bay that happens once a month, Okay, only once a month. And it's on a Saturday yeah. and it's online, but that would not have happened eight years ago. Uh -huh. Well, and you're, and you're, and you're in your, I would say your position on this is informed again, you're, you're having, connection and engagement with with hundreds thousands of yeah. people you're getting this feedback so you're you know you're informed when you talk to the to the hospital about yeah. kind of what what the constituency looks like yeah I would, I would think yeah yeah for sure i think we'll get there yeah are you sure. are you running a a mix of virtual and in-person meetings or are you still focused more on the virtual we literally just the first in-person event is back on the books for march 11th okay wow, wow. and i gotta find a place that's gonna trade out for some pizza 
<laughs> it's causing me anxiety because I got to call a guy whose business is probably hemorrhaging cash and be like, hey, I got an idea. I want to give some free pizzas to drug addicts, eh? <laughs> you know, in exchange so, for some plugs. So as as alumni director, I'm curious, yeah. does that involve fundraising as well? No. Okay. No. Which okay. makes me thrilled to death. Yeah. Because I yeah, you were uncomfortable I, asking the guy for free pizza to ask yeah, exactly. him for, for a big hey, check, you know, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you um do you do you all do a pretty good job of tracking that alumni database? Like, do you like do you know your people? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and we interact uh, with them through a uh, app that we have. So we have an app, and then of course uh, social channels uh, as well. But again, people are sort of hesitant to hop on a public social channel and just even affiliate with, you know, because of the stigma. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it really is sort of mind blowing. I lose perspective of that all the time. That there are people walking among us who either have a drug problem themselves or have a family member with a drug problem and that is a source of great secrecy and shame like to me i'm like that's my life's the exact opposite i'm like let's scream it from the rooftops man yeah but that's the reality so people are still a little hesitant to sort of uh embrace it well it's certainly what you're trying to do with your show right yeah is d it destigmatize it yeah for sure we all got problems we all got to eat a shit sandwich dude yep yeah but like we're, I, I feel like we're trending in the right direction, at least with mental wellness or mental illness writ large. But but like, do you feel like we're making headway on the addiction and recovery front as For well? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we're making headway with all of it. Yeah, and I think thank God because I think people are sicker than ever. Yeah, I mean, my are you seeing that? With, are you seeing? Oh, are you seeing? When, well, I mean, first off, when you're dealing with people that have a drug and alcohol problem, the uh, percent of those who have strictly a drug or alcohol problem is slim. It's always yeah. a co-occurring psych issue, more often than not, myself included. Right. So, so there's that piece. But when I speak to people just being sick, I just think everybody's anxiety in the world is, you know, I leave my house. <laughs> And I drive down the street and I'm like, everybody's crazy. I mean, people are sort of a hot mess. And uh, I think that also speaks to what you guys do, though. I mean, men, especially, they're so freaking angry. Yeah. They're angry and they're pissed and they have no place to be authentic and genuine or at least they don't think they do right that's it i think the excuse of i don't know there's a place i can go i'm not sure that holds water anymore i'm like what do you mean dude google search it yeah google it yeah (laughs) yeah i mean there's places for everyone right so and we're uh, finding more people that are that are showing up that are that are googling but uh but we know there's tens of thousands of of guys who who are not doing that and living in pain which you know, I mean, first step is just talk about it, I think. Yeah. And that's all we were all we're trying to do is create a space for that conversation. Yeah. Well, that's and, and that's why, uh, Polly, when you were talking about men living and you were searching for a word and the word you came up with was pomp. I was I was imagining that the word you were thinking of was orthodoxy, right? Like yes. this this notion of there being single solutions is bunk, right? And so yes. sometimes you need a therapist. Sometimes you need 12 steps. Sometimes you just need a container, right? Yeah. You just need a fucking yeah. call. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you got simple, it up. simple. Yeah. Doesn't need to be that complex. Yeah. At least in my, in my view, yeah. humans talking to humans. Yeah. yeah. Keeping it real. 
Yep. You know, I think the the other thing that I was surprised uh, that did surprise me back when the pandemic started. Now I just accept it uh, as a truth was had you told me, and I think this is probably true for all of us, that you could really emotionally connect with another human being through a TV screen. I would have said, eh, uh-huh. I don't think so. And I'm telling you, as you guys, you can feel it, see yep. it, feel it. Yep. I yep. mean, it's look, man, I hopped on this thing with Sean and I was like, oh, dude, that guy. I want what that guy has. Uh-huh. I, I think I'm not so sure after this, but cats, cats. <laughs> you know, more will be revealed. More will be revealed. Yeah. Felt the same way, though. I felt the yeah. same way. And I and I say it all the time is that, you know, over the last four or so years, I've met hundreds of, of guys through men living and and my life is richer because of it. And it's, yeah. you know, and and so the technology has been an enabler for that. And and sure, in person gives a different a different thing. But this thing is pretty damn good. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's efficacious. Yeah. Yep. You yeah. know, and it helps with all kinds of problems. The telehealth thing is great. Yep. I mean, yep. people are helping other people with their issues on these platforms. Agreed. It's awesome. Hey, Chris, just out of curiosity, what do yes, you do for I, a living? What I'm do you a, do for a living? I'm a, I'm a Bengals fan. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me who, if I like the Browns or the Bengals. Um, <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> what do you do for a living? Uh, so I have a sordid past. I, I drove submarines in the 90s and then was in the for-profit finance space in the aughts. And then I had a, my first midlife crisis and moved to the nonprofit space. So I'm the COO of a national nonprofit uh, in the education space. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right. And he just used oh. space three times in that sentence. Well, dude, man, dude, it's that yeah. LinkedIn lingo. Yeah. We got to connect. I, we gotta I, connect. I do it too. I do it too, Chris. You know, I do. But I mean, the thing is, yeah. if you say industry to the, to the education wonks, the, they, they, their brain seizes. And so yeah. you got yeah, you got to yeah. say it's space. What's, right, what's yeah. a bigger industry than them? Yeah. yeah there isn't man, yeah, there many is for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this is the same, there's a lot of the same principles here. It's like the more people we can reach, the more people we can connect, um, you know, and, and, and at the school age, um, this, this, this issue came up, uh, has come up multiple times recently. Cause I'm, I also sit on the board of a group called NAMI Chicago National oh. Alliance for Mental Illness. Um, and, and they rely a lot on this idea of peer support. They train. Yeah people who aren't therapists, they're not doctors, they're, uh, um, but they, they add value to other people who are struggling. And so we, uh, at the last board retreat we had, we were talking about why aren't universities training students to offer peer support? And this came up, uh, was it you? That yeah. Said it to yeah. Me? yeah. Okay. Hamilton, Hamilton College, College is doing this. Um, yeah. So, but, but again, it's just like, sometimes people just need connection. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's not all they need, but it's a fine place to start. And so yeah. that's why um, that's why we're having so much fun with this podcast and connecting yeah. people like you, Polly. Yeah, Thanks, man. absolutely. Well, I've listened to a couple episodes. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to check more out. More will be revealed. Have also, you re- have you listened to Matthew one. Quick yet? No. Yeah, you'll date because he's in recovery. He's the guy that wrote Silver Linings Playbook. It's the one. Uh, the oh, that was recent. the one that just came out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a he's a good dude. Yeah. Um, all right, Chris has three questions. 
if you if you know uh, if you've listened to an episode that he asked, here asks we go. The, the three end. questions. The well, three dude, questions. First off, yeah. dude, you got to have your gimmick, man. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do. Well, and yeah, it's a good well, gimmicks are well, good, and you got to have I, them in the podcast. World. I, I did. I did. I did say to Chris, I'm like, ah, do we want to do the three questions again? And what we're calling season two? Do we want to shake them up? Do we want to? Do we want them? And yeah, we're, we're like it's part of the shtick. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. It's great. Well, it's borrowed, right? It's borrowed from the act- yeah. inside the actor studio. And I will say that more often than not, what people, how people respond to these questions, is is interesting, and it yeah. it, it it reveals something about people. So here yeah. we go, Polly. You ready? Right. I'm ready. Three questions. Let's don't rock. Th- don't think too hard. Um, okay. What do you wish you could have told your ten year old self? I got you. Mm. I got you. I mean, just plain and simple. Dude, I got you. I get you. Just freaking stick with, just just hold on. Hold on. Like, hold mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Second question. Do you have a mantra in life or a mantra these days? I have a mission statement. How nice. stupid and LinkedIn is that? <laughs> no, I stupid know. man's yeah, movement yeah, is no, that. Yeah, seriously. Let me nice. tell you what my mission statement is. This is the mission mm-hmm. statement you use did in your you, space. Is that what yeah, it is? I was, was going to say, did you, share, did you share the mission statement with the guy from the gym? Here's my. <laughs> no, I thought about it, but I was like, that's entirely too much. I can't give him the secret and the mission statement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do have a mission statement. I create a world that is whole by sharing my gifts with those whose lives I touch. Mm. You're and doing that, that allows dude. me to do any number of things fit into that. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. So, so you've Sweet. already, you've already thought about the last question, uh, obviously, because oh, the last sorry, question did I just is screw, screw you. No, 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 no. no. It, it, no. It, it, that just tells me how okay. you're thinking about your existence here. Um, Got it. the last question is, what do you hope that people will say about you at your wake? Dude. You know, I was in a space once and, uh, <laughs> we did a process that was amazing exclamation point. After we had connected with each other <laughs> online and uh, no, I actually have done a process for this. Right. Uh, as I'm sure maybe uh, you mm-hmm. guys have uh, as well. Uh, how do I encapsulate all this awesomeness? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, I think that's what I would say. Yeah. I, I think I would want someone to stand up and say, there's no way we only have five <laughs> right. hours here. Can right. we do it? Right. 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 <laughs> we can encapsulate all the great. No, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, dude, I would want people to know uh, that I helped other human beings, that I was fun to be around, not all the time, but at least some of the time. Uh, that I was authentic, like, you know, authentic, honest, like what you see is what you get. And I really want the people who I love, who love me to know. And I actually will tell this to my wife and my daughter sometimes. And it's weird because you feel like you're setting a horrible thing in motion, Mm -hmm. but I will tell them just so you know, if anything were to ever happen to me, I've 
I've done what I came to do and mm. I have had a full and meaningful life. Mm. And when you say that before you get into a car and a road trip, it freaks your wife. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and really. to freak those people out. So it's like, I got to be careful, but I really want them to know like, Hey man, know that if anything were to ever happen, that I feel like I've, you know, it's going to sound almost like a bros, like a very sort of a, a, a guy thing to say, but, uh, and I just lost it because of COVID. Damn it. Or the heroin. It could have been all the heroin I did. For <laughs> I don't know. Is it the heroin or is it the COVID? Maybe you should play that game at the end of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the COVID or is it the heroin? Uh, yeah, I can't even remember what the hell I was going to say, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that yeah, we, we had a, we did an episode about a priest who taught me in college and he quoted Chaucer. <laughs> Chaucer. Yeah. And, and his message was like, look, if I've done you any harm, credit to, to my lack of ability, not my lack of will, because I would have done better if I could, <laughs> which sounds a little bit like what you're trying to say here. It's like, ah, I gave him my best, my best shot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Paulie, I gotta, I gotta add a fourth question. Can you tell me what's on? It, it seems like it must be important. What's on the wall behind you? That's a ketubah. You guys don't know what a ketubah is? No. Okay. It couldn't be any more Jewish. It is a contract that you sign before you get married. How Jewish is that? Wow. I should know. You can that. go ahead and laugh. It's okay. I know we're in. Woke no, I was going to laugh. Know. Thank you for the invitation, but I, I was laughing. I know, anyway. but everyone's terrified. They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Chappelle went on SNL and supposedly like did yeah. this scathing anti-Semitic uh, uh, rant, which I didn't take at all. I thought what he said was hilarious, but some of my brothers and sisters didn't react so kindly oh. to it. And I was like, can we just breathe, Holmes? It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Into the nose, out through the mouth. But uh, it is the uh, piece of paper that you sign before you get married. So my wife huh. and I signed it. Is it is it bespoke? Is it or is it sort of standard? It's like a standard, but it is handwritten. Okay. Mm, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's so handwritten. It's, it's really yeah. little. I mean, it's really. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a thing. And, and so, and so and it's when sort things of like are a boilerplate, dude, it's a boilerplate. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, contract. when things are a little uncertain, you know, when you're going through a rough patch, do you look at the contract and say, Hey, never, uh, never. <laughs> hey, you signed, you signed no. the contract. This is the deal. No, no. Cause I'm not right. good with paperwork. I don't even think uh, about it. I just, <laughs> we just I'm both sort of chose it. Oh, I'm not good with paperwork. And we both chose it because it's so pretty. Like it really it is, is pretty. Sort of like a beautiful yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, I've been checking it out. All right. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. Ketuba is what it's called. Yeah. I knew Certainly we would you guys have one in the Catholic faith, right? Like a version of? Oh, uh, man. If, if, if we do, I lost it. You know? Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. I'm not good it, with paperwork yeah. either, I yeah. guess. How about in the yoga world, Sean? Is there a, uh, because you're like, you're like a yoga guy, right? No, there's yeah. no paperwork in yoga. Okay. Polly, no paperwork. It's all inside you. Um. Uh, this has been great. Yeah. Thank, thank, you guys. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for coming to hang with us. Really enjoyed it. Um, we need to hang out again soon. Okay. For yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank for you sure. guys. You were super uh, certainly fun, and uh, thank you for being of service. The way Same. you are, I, you too. It, like, it's really nice knowing that. And I've actually told some of the guys in my men's group to be like, dude, man, you might want to check this men's. 
it's been living thing out, you know, and I, I send them the info. I don't know whether they ever showed up or not, but it's just, you really do create a very nice space. Well, Thank we're you. all, we're all in this together. It seems right. Yeah. 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 Thanks, right. Polly. All right, Polly. Yeah. See you soon. Peace. All right. Kitty cats for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving creeped out. I'm just letting one, you know, leaving creeped out. Bye guys. Thank you. Peace. Love you all. Bye-bye. This is Chris. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of If You've Come This Far. And this is Sean. Remember to check us out at menliving.org. <laughs>